Welcome to Spirited Reads, a podcast about the books we read, the books we want to read, and the way our lives are shaped by reading. We're your hosts, Madeline and Robert, and we want you to love what you read and read what you love. So, greetings. Greetings and drinking. Greetings and and re- gut resets. Gut resets. Yeah, sober September. Yeah, we're we're uh we went to our I went to my uh special non-alcoholic drink source. Sonic. Sonic. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> classy. What, yeah. Yeah. I was like, eh, mocktails, meh. I got a guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I look a, up. I got a, actually it was a, a gal, her name was Liv. She was the person that brought they, me they my Sonic. They have a hard drinks. time at that Sonic where they struggle by saying they have a hard time at most of the ones around here. So yeah. Yeah. They're they, still they they're will still. just like shut down randomly. Yeah, this was quick though. I mean, yeah. it didn't take too they, long. They do great, and they're all really sweet there. They just yeah. you can see the panic. Drinks, drinks are usually pretty quick. Granted, when they walked out, when when Liv came out with holding all three without a carrier, I kind of went, oh. oh, nuts. They might be out of carriers. I was like, but I tipped you guys. Don't don't. Okay. Yeah, they're probably out. But yeah, carry carry out shortages is that's the thing. So, been there, done that. Uh what are you drinking from Sonic? <laughs> I am drinking a a one of their premium um uh hand squeezed livadades. <laughs> They're really on the menu as hand squeezed. It's in the yeah, their web menu. They're handcrafted, hand squeezed. Gotta squeeze them lemons. Yeah. Wow, that's... I had a I had a math teacher in high school who was from Atlanta and she worked at the original Chick-fil-A. And she had to stop making the lemonade. The Dwarf House or whatever yes, it's called. Which yeah. I've been to. That's We've been there too. Yeah. But it's, uh, she had to stop making lemonade in the morning because it was taking the skin off her fingers. Because she was slicing and, sque- and slicing up lemons for oh, hours. That gives in me the EBGBs. Yeah. And it, her skin was reacting badly to the acid. That That's makes a fun sense. Story. So, uh, what, what are you drinking over there from, our, from Liv? Liv at Sonic. Good old Liv. If you ever listen to this, Liv, we hope you're doing well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eat those uh, drinks, Liv. Eat those. Well, not necessarily. Just gently eat. <laughs> eat that. Eat that Sonic drink crafting spirit. <laughs> a, gen- a gentle yeet. Eat that squeeze, lemon. Eat that squeeze. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay. I am drinking a diet cherry lemonade. It took me a second to. Limeade. Okay, limeade. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Liv. You told me that you wanted a limeade. So right. Oh, I yes, limeade. That's yeah. what I wanted. Okay. I want the the good old diet cherry. I like to drink these. They're yummy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's been a long day. I know. And one <laughs> would tired. think there's things in our drinks. No, nope. but there's it's not. just delusion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just drunk on delusion there at this go. point. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay, what have you been reading, Robert? Oh, okay. So you said you had Goodreads up. Be prepared. My phone locked because our our spirit of reads Goodreads is on my iPad. Okay. And as we know, Goodreads jumping between accounts. You can't is jump between accounts. Not... It's not. How dare you have two different accounts that yeah. talk about books? No. So I finished. <clears throat> was it this episode? Yeah. Finished. No one goes alone. Which you finished? No. Okay. Ugh. I have 30 minutes left on the audiobook and nice. I've been trying to finish it all day. And either I had obnoxious work that I couldn't like tone out, sure. tune out, and then, or like the gym was so busy today that it was so overwhelming um, because our gym is closed. So we're going to another gym. Mm-hmm. And so the, we have that gym traffic plus 
this gym traffic and it, sure. we were like crawling on top of people it felt like so anyway Ugh, regardless gym. yeah uh, yeah. uh so, so you're so close i'm hoping to finish tonight as soon as i kick you out has he <laughs> i like like the uh magician has died huh? uh what's his what is his name williams no the uh, the oh yeah <laughs> the, the main the main dude in the proper english name <laughs> there's there, okay they hold on let's just names. look up the character list no okay so back to what i've alone. read okay i finished no one goes alone i read a beautiful graphic novel called the many deaths of layla star by ram v and when i first looked at this book i was a little i was like hmm ram v is an interesting name sounds like he makes music i don't listen to <laughs> but his comic was um really nice. It was very it was very pretty. It was sad, but it was pretty. Uh also on the graphic novel front, I finished Ballad for Sophie by Philippe Melo. Isn't which that is, one also sad? Yeah. Yeah, so you just had a whole sad time. But it's they're so they're so good though. Yeah. They're so good. Many deaths of Layla Star isn't it's sad, but it's like sort of this epic story of spirituality and mm-hmm. mythology myth mythology kind of a thing. Bad for Sophie is a like a personal it's a it's a reclusive old man who won't ever play music again and oh. this girl that's a uh journalist goes to find out why. So is it has like it, a, it's got it, a Pixar story written all over it. Is this like a Beth and what's the neighbor's name vibe from Little Women? Kind of. But the story's a little more sweeping. It's a little more of an epic story. But did you, oh, did you find out your information on No. Okay. It's really good though. Yeah. So the magician has died and the spoilers for everybody who thinks they're going to read it, the uh, dead bodies have come back yeah. and are like, I'm going to talk creepy and yeah. say we need the, whatever they're calling, the the seer, whatever they're calling Catherine. Yeah. And Madeline is doing Madeline things and she's all like, oh, has, hey, magician has, died. Mm. Has old, has old uh, main character. William part, James. James. I know yes, that guy. Not Williams. Um, has he done his thing? Has he gone across the island and like the water's rising and lowering on him, and like the, uh, the, he's going uphill suddenly, then he's going downhill suddenly? Yeah. So the yeah. the the terrain around the manor yeah. is definitely reactionary. Yeah. That's how the magician died. Is it was like the black yeah. thing came out of the grass and was like, "Yeet." Yeah. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was one of the creepiest things for me. Was whenever he was like, ah, "I'm walking along. Oh, oh, cool. There's a wave coming in," and then he's like over his head in water, and it's. And he's like, I'm drowning, but also I'm suffocating. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's that one's scary. It's it's really good and it's just nice and subtly creepy. Yeah. Um, like the part where he goes down in the basement to find his Morse code Mm -hmm. sender thing, and he's like, Oh, it moved five feet that way. And then he turns around and it's moved ten feet that way. And it's this like massive machine, and then someone's just constantly pressing the button over and over again, and it's just nightmarish. So it's fun. It's it is I mean, and it's it's creepy, but it's not like a horror show kind of thing. Right. Um, I, I told my mom to read it because she doesn't do like demonic stuff, but yeah. she likes like ghost stories. And so I told her this would be like, a, I think and a I perfect. Hope, and I hope Eric Larson writes a, maybe another one. Another, not not like a sequel, but another, but another yeah. His his fiction voice is, I like it. Yes, it's excellent. Um, so. I almost also finished The Daughter of Dr. Moreau. Me too. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Thank you, Sylvia. Good old. Sylvia. What'd you think? I liked it. I didn't like it as much as. Mexican Gothic no, no. because nothing will ever be. That one was that yeah. one was pitch perfect, but 
I definitely, I definitely liked it. It had, I think, some pacing issues um, yes. in this one. It did. Every once in a while, it kind of got caught up in itself. Yes. And it definitely got very much caught up in the kind of romance between the main dude and the, the daughter. You mean, you mean the enemies to lovers romance? But they didn't even really enemies to lovers. It well, never really... Well, wow, spoilers. Okay, well... <laughs> It's a book podcast. Yeah. It didn't ever come to nothing came to fruition because she very much friend zoned him. Yeah, and so it was a lot of his. He turned into that. Um, he t- he kind of took on the role of the that sort of Latin, you know, Spanish romantic hero. That well, this didn't work out, so I'm going to plunge off into the world and fulfill this higher quest. Yeah, that maybe one day it will make me worthy. Yeah, I mean, he definitely very much was like, I'm gonna protect you and sit, go back for you no matter what, whether yeah. you like, you know, respond to my romantic whatever or not. It was kind of fun going from when women were dragons to this, where when women yeah. were jaguars. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she just all yeah. of a sudden. I thought it, I thought it was cool. Yeah. I did think sometimes it kind of got in its own way, mm-hmm. but um, it was also, you know, a completely different story. And I also think she might have gone a little deeper trying to tie in the, the island of Dr. Moreau mm-hmm. and make sure we knew where we were and kind of right. make sure we knew she was really paying attention to the original story. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so I finished that. And then I finished my reread, technically re-listen to Caliban's War. How that. And I finished A Blaze of Glory by Jeff Shera, which is a war novel that's good. So I finished Dr. Monroe. Monroe. I keep saying Monroe. I've the done daughter that's... of Dr. Monroe <laughs> by Sylvia Garcia Moreno. Nice. Uh, can we edit that? We need that needs to not. Nope. Ever. Front and center. Gosh. Front and center. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be how put some, we... put some echo into it and pitch it up a little bit. That's how the we daughter of Dr. Monroe. <laughs> what is in these Sonic drinks, Liv? <laughs> Live. Wow. <laughs> oh. Eliminate's got a kick. <laughs> okay, so back to back to you. Back to me. It's <laughs> about me right now. <laughs> so. Um. So I finished the Lamplighters by Emma Stonex. That's the one I told you about. That was based off the true story of the keepers, the lighthouse keepers that. Oh yes, I want to read that. No. No, unfortunately. I don't know. There was some really good setups. Um, so it's from two perspectives, 20 years apart. So it's from the women's perspective, the three mm. women that are left behind after right. their men are taken. And then there's the, the perspective from the three men. And it was really, it was like she set up every possible angle of, it could be supernatural. It could be gang lords. It could be their company trying to get rid of them. It could have been one of the women dressed up as a man coming in to kill her husband that's a cheater it could have been the man who was cheating on you know she had all of these like threads and strings that no she never tied together there was all these loose ends and even at the end of the book i didn't really know what was happening and so like one of them the primary keeper the like the captain or whatever he his son drowned in the ocean at 8.45. And so that's where she tied up. Okay, well, all of the clocks stopped at 8.45. And then you think, okay, is it the kid's ghost coming back? And so she she kind of hints at that. And then at one point, there's somebody that comes to show up to fix their boiler from the company. But then the company is like, we never sent anybody. And 
she makes it sound like it's a tr- somebody that's transgender, like it's a large woman. Mm-hmm. Just it's like it's, it's a man with a high voice and is kind of effeminate, but it's a man, and then nothing comes from that. And so you think maybe it's one of the wives that, like, she hints at it being a wife that shows up to the lighthouse in the middle of the ocean. And it's just, it was just so much stuff that I, I was like, I literally, any of this could happen and I wouldn't even know. It almost <laughs> sounds like, and one, it makes me wonder if the author perhaps might have conceived this as like a screenplay. Maybe. And then when it, and maybe didn't have luck with it and then adapted it, but didn't change their writing vision from like yeah. putting something on screen where you'll be, you'll see all these subtleties. Yeah. That might make it play out and then but instead push it to a story where we don't get things laid out. And maybe because it was like and I was audiobooking it, so I thought, okay, did I miss something? Did they did that just happen? Because from the male's perspective, it was journals and they were all losing their mind because that was mm-hmm. kind of the whole thing was white housekeepers do that. Um so their narrative was very rambly, but it was like in journal format. Mm-hmm. And then the women's perspectives, they were talking to an author and it was first person and they got very rambly. Like, well, then well, I'm this happened and this happened and I miss him so much. And then this happened, you know, and so yeah. it just I don't know. I think you're right. I think that maybe she developed it either quickly or. I don't for like screenplay or something. It just it was just OK. It had such a such cool potential, such a cool premise. Um, But it was not. Well executed. And then I finished The Looking Glass Wars, which was my... Yeah, it was your challenge. Uh, I liked it. You did? Okay. I really liked it. It yeah. was a really nice reprieve uh, just to have an audiobook. The narrator was awesome. Oh, you listened to it? I did. I recall that one being good. It was really good. Yeah. He was an excellent narrator. And I just kind of liked like a feisty female lead who... Mm-hmm. I just And I liked how they tied in the whole, this is how the story was written by Lewis Carroll. Like, yeah. In how she... I, it, it didn't go the way I expected it to because a lot of it was primarily in Great Britain. It yep. wasn't in Wonderland because yep. she gets transported to Great Britain and she loses her memory or they basically gaslight this child that they they've do. adopted into think, you know, you're a psycho. They, apparently people people really, really hated Lewis Carroll's the way that he was presented in the story. Well, because he was kind of a jerk. He was he like, was. I'm going to write this story. And then, oh. and then when she gets mad about it because I misrepresented it, and cuts me off. I'm gonna push to have a relationship with her because he was very pushy in the book. Yeah. Um, but I liked I the one thing I wish maybe because there is I can't remember. Well, this is not Alice in Wonderland lore. It's Wizard of Oz. I think it's I don't remember which book it is, but the movie that they did that was so creepy. Um, where she gets like they send her to an like a crazy house. Do you remember that? And then they do the like shock therapy to make her forget. Oz, I think it's like something to. Okay, let me look up these books. Hold on just a second. Yeah, I don't recall. I was to say, I've, I think the only really. That's not one of the Gregory Maguire stories. The Return to Oz? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, I, it's based off the book. And um, let me see. What, I think it's Return to Oz is the book because he has several of them. I think it might be based off of Ozma of Oz and TikTok of Oz. They combine those two potentially. But regardless, it's a really creepy, like, um, B-rate movie. It's it's so good, though. Um, and she, they send her basically to, like, a 
Nettie Ben to convince her that Oz was never real and gave, like she has like the shock therapy scene that's on a small small child and it's awful. Huh. Um, but that's that's kind of what I felt like they were doing to Alice in the book a little bit, um, where they were trying to convince her that it wasn't real and yeah. you know, it was it was good though. I liked it a lot. I liked um, um they did make and I've actually never been able to find it. They did. There was a. There is a Hatter Madigan graphic novel out there somewhere, which is so cool because he's a badass. He is. He's I liked cool. his whole storyline. If he just shows up in different, like parts, yeah, and just blades yeah. everywhere. He's so speedy. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm gonna keep reading. I'll probably finish the trilogy. Okay, we'll see. I mean, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, and then I finished Children of Chicago by Cynthia Paleo, and that is the retelling of the Pied Piper. And it's yeah. a serial killer meets. A like uh, Slenderman kind of vibe where you know where kids were killing their mm-hmm. friends for Slenderman. That's what this was like, but mm-hmm. Pied Piper. So it was really interesting. It was creepy. It was pretty graphic. What are you yeah. on right now? Oh yeah, currently reading. I am reading finishing No One Goes Alone by Eric Larson, and then I'm reading Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey, which is a so far I'm only like a hundred pages in. And it is so creepy already. It's a, like a haunted house mm-hmm. situation, and it's really creepy so far already. Um, so I think that's gonna be that's gonna be really good. It's it just came out this year, and I think she won an award for it potentially. Interesting. Um, or she's nominated for something. Or is it supposed to be just a really good thriller? There's a book you put on your Goodreads that I really want to read at some point called The Deep. Yeah. It looks like creepy Titanic story. Yeah. Yeah, that looks cool. I just saw it recently. And then my last one, I'm reading The Last Exit by Max Gladstone for our dystopian-themed book club nice. this month. Um, And it's, I'm I'm struggling a little bit, but it won the Hugo and the Nebula Award, so I just need to think I need to get through the initial lore dump. And I don't know what this is called mechanic-wise, but it's, third person perspective but then it all of a sudden will switch to be like we need to do this or you need to do this it's like third person omniscient i guess where it's almost in her thoughts where she's starting to kind of have this weird panic moment where all of a sudden she starts overthinking it's like you need to do this blah, blah, sounds, blah, blah. i think that's right third person omniscient yeah. is that what it is i think i think so because it's not like it switches perspectives it's all from zelda the main character third person but then every so often there's just one sentence real quick that it sounds like it's coming from a voice above, you know. The third-person omniscient point of view is the most open and flexible POV available to writers, as the name implies. Oh, okay. An omniscient narrator is all-seeing and all-knowing. While the narration outside of any one character, the narrator may occasionally access the consciousness of few or many different characters. I think that's what's happening. And I just haven't read a ton like that, so it, it kind of catches me off guard a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I'm liking it. So far, there is... This the rot that is taking over the world, and they're trying to fight it. Okay, so it's it, yeah, it's good so far. So those are what I'm reading. What um, are you reading? I'm about halfway through Ring Shout. Okay, I saw that. Yeah. It's a good well, one. It was also a good. Exa- it was a good test because I got my new larger phone, and so I got it off Libby. How do you and feel just about it? Reading it, it. I'm fine. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, the phone is basically a tablet. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. So I. I think I made the print just a tiny bit smaller to get a little more on the screen. Sure. And that way it so was... So you're not scrolling so much. Yeah. Um. So I'm about halfway through that. I'm about 
25% into the Invisible Life of Addy LaRue. Okay. Yeah, so, I know you're a little iffy on that one, but... Yeah, well, no, I mean, we'll see. I'm not... I'm not... It has not irritated me in any way. Like, I'm okay. I'm fine. Yeah, I know? just might not be... Yeah, and, oh. then, and then I am not quite 100 pages into the secret history for my challenge book, yeah. but I do... I It, it got me. It got yes. me. It got me pretty good. So I'm curious. Um, I it's interesting because when I was in high school, going into college, there were a lot of big like elitist student like movies. Yep. Like Sound of Mr. Ripley and The mm-hmm. Skulls and Cruel Intentions and all those. So it was kind of weird because I started like tying back into these things where she's talking all these students and it's like, oh, oh, I remember these stories. I yeah. remember these creepy kids and these yeah. different things but. well and that was i mean she obviously is one of the best at it but that whole higher education secret society yep. genre it's not a genre i get i don't know is that a trope or setting i would say it's probably a trope setting kind of thing yeah that i really i'm kind of into that because that's like atlas six that i'd read mm-hmm. that's um the one i told you about where they're all the theater kids and they switch parts i rec- i recall i just don't know the name uh oh. Pause. In the meantime, while you're pausing, we'll talk we'll talk briefly on our, our, our understanding our own human limits and how our book of the month for Oh yeah. Yeah. Is it our is it our October book? September book. No, or September. Our September book of the month, which should have been Black Leopard Red Wolf by Marlon James. Yeah. I started it and was not getting into it mm-hmm. very quickly. And I've tried audiobooking and it, it is twice long, now. And so we're gonna we're going to change course. We might try it again later, but I just think going into the holidays, you with your kids starting school, Yeah, I just think, not that I need something lighter. That's not even what it is. I just need something more digestible. It's so... I don't feel like... I also don't feel like starting an original fantasy setting right now. No, it's so much lore drop. Yeah. And it's so... And, and at the density and level of what he writes. Yeah. It's, it's so. not easily digestible at all. So we're going to switch to Haste by Stanley Tucci. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna listen to well because also does that it, book does he been, narrate it? I don't know. I oh, don't. I, I haven't looked at the narr- I haven't looked at the audiobook. I just have it. It's sitting on my shelf. Yeah, I, I have the one you gave me. Um, but it's anytime I'm shifting books around because his face is on the cover. Yeah. Anytime I shift books, I'm like, Hi. Oh, hey, what's up? Hi, we're Stanley. Gonna read you. So we're gonna jump over to that, which is also gonna be good for me because that'll give me a chance to catch up on my challenge book. Yeah, she's chunky. Yeah. Well, it's, we, well, it's deceptive because ours... it's not thick. But it's like Bible pages, so yeah, there's a ton of them crammed in there. Well, and um, our books were definitely not equitable this time around. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, if we were villains by M. L. Rio, that's cool. the one I was telling you about. That's like the higher education secret society groups. I'm a big fan of that whole situation. Um. So yeah, read along. Are- grab grab taste by Stanley Tucci. We'll yeah. post about that on social media and read read other things. Hmm. Um. Uh, any any unmentioned acquisitions? Uh, grab anything? No, I haven't really been buying books lately. I'm um, trying to get through what I have before Christmas. When I got, yeah, I'm kind of setting a goal to finish off. I think I have like two more left of what the pile you got me last year. Yeah, are we gonna Christmas. do that again this year? I don't know. I'm now. I'm gonna start. I'm running out of ideas. That's. There's no way you're running out of ideas okay. of books to buy. Maybe me. Maybe I'm running out of good ideas. No, I I will be happy. Okay, with, we'll figure it out. Okay, yeah, we just you just might get a couple of James Bond novels. Great westerns. I gave Madeline Turnipseed books for her birthday, and yeah. I was so nervous, but she liked both of the ones I got her. So I just feel like I want to like a 
words of affirmation about yeah. that. <laughs> so, so what I did, the one that I also got a hold of when I got Secret History and many deaths of Layla Star, I came across and got a hold of. Because we need to talk about Sylvia real quick. Oh, good old Sylvia. Because Sylvia edited an anthology of Lovecraftian style short fiction all written by women called mm-hmm. She Walks in Shadows. And the cover was a, well, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting it's it. so cool. And then I got a hold of it. And the first, the very first thing in the book is a poem. It's just, and it's this short little super creepy poem. So I'm totally in. I love it that the first review on Goodreads is a cracking anthology. Yes. So that's that's going to be, I'm going to be jumping on that soon. But it was a, it was an acquisition that needed to be mentioned. That and uh, my, my, my Libby app is getting a little little crazy because <laughs> oh i found a, a ya book okay all on my own oh okay um, I, i'm very curious if i know the kay. title so here's my ya find okay it's called goblin market by diane zaylor and it's part of it is because goblin market is a very it's, it's a memorable poem by christina rossetti and i think i might have put it on the list for the blog post back in poetry and month. who is it by diane Ooh, that cover. Zahler. Zahler? Yes. One sister must save the other from the goblin prince in this rich, spooky, and delightfully dark fantasy. Yeah. Uh, right? I'm going to read that. That sounds fun. So. Uh, it's, that, yeah, the Polish folklore. Yep. So that was, that's on the Libby. Fantasy um, horror. Okay. I like that genre. Yeah. Song of Achilles. I've got that <laughs> on the Libby. Okay. Uh, Splendid in the Vial. Got that on the Libby. One in the biome. Yeah, that's the one I'm the one then, to read. Um, I have the book in my bag. The Paul the House of Usher story. Oh, the um, dead. What moves the dead? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you don't even have to aggressively yeah. open your bag anymore. Yeah. I, uh, I was, yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to between. I was trying to unvelcro between your during yeah. your breaths. Um, this is this episode is going to be a lot of me going. Uh, what was the yeah. name of that book again? I don't know what is happening. It's, it's lives live. lives beverages. Come on, live! Don't you know <laughs> I have work to do? Live. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I've got I've got a few things on deck and a big thick challenge book to read. So. Yeah, you do, but so you'll my, it's you'll, yeah. My goal is to no knock problem. it out. Probably no. I'm both, gonna open my Libby by the time we by the time we open up <laughs> our by the time we prepare for our next. Not next episode, but next maybe two. I don't have a lot on Libby right now. I'm but a it, little nervous about it. I have No One Goes Alone, which I'm almost done with. 91%. And then I have Orcs and Crake by Margaret Atwood. Yeah. is that That's the creepy horror one, right? It's her dystopian creepy one. Yeah. The cover is really creepy. I need to go get back into some of her old stuff. I do have a 23-hour audiobook about The Battle of Gettysburg on, on my Libby for whenever I'm really feeling it. Honestly, whenever I need to go to sleep, just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I would I would try yeah. it. I just also probably wouldn't love it as much. But hey, great transition. So <laughs> oh wow, look at what we did. talking about approaching new genres and topics tonight right yeah great I, I think that even could encompass switching 
like going from reading the nine yeah. books of the expanse and then ju- and then pivoting into and never reading sci-fi else. for the rest of the year. Well, that's for me. It's because I it's, I can't find anything good enough. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. No, I I will I will either hyper fixate on a genre, and yeah. it's like I'm gonna read for this entire month. I'm gonna read biographies from comedians, or I will just read one and be like, nope, I'm done for this time now. I'm good. Thank you. Bye. So, I have a couple little headers for this topic. I took some Do notes. It. So, why? Is it important to switch genres and switch topics? That's a question mark. <laughs> oh. oh, why is it I also important have for yet. me? No, like in general. Why, in why do general? you think why do you think readers should switch up to their genre rating? I think it well, I think it one, it allows you to appreciate different art forms within. Yep. I think uh I think if you hyperfixate on one thing and only one thing it's going to affect the way you just look at the world in general. I agree. Um, personally, I think it'd be kind of boring. Yeah. But if you're, there's only so much like fantasy magic system you can read. That's yeah. like, I just read this two books ago. Sure. And, but that's also like, I know that that's how I, I know I have to move and I love to move throughout, but I, and, but to, to try to convince somebody who thinks that that's the, the wonderful, like how do like if, if that's what they really love, what, I mean, how do you present a maybe shift over here? Oh, I have a whole header nice. for that. My goal was today. My goal was to go to either Half Price Books or Barnes and Noble and just kind of walk through and look at different like, that's things. I wanted. Point. I was yeah. That's the things I wanted to do. Yeah, and just see what I came up with, and then I didn't have time. Yeah, that was a bullet point. But um, under why it's important, I found a quote from Oscar Wilde, and he said, "It's it's what you read when you don't have to that determines what you will be when you can't help it." And so um, I think Look at that guy, you know, that guy knows what's up. Good old Oscar. Um, I think reading isn't just a fun pastime. I mean, it is one of the best things and it's a great hobby, but it's also an opportunity to learn and personally grow. Like you said, if you pigeonhole yourself into one category and one type of writer, or even one author, I know a lot of people who are like author uh, stalkers and they will kind of just read the same author or read within that same circle. Um, I just, like you said, you'll just get, you'll get stuck, you know? And I say, I say that we're on Sylvia's hype train. That's a whole we're different not, thing. Not. Sylvia, Sylvia is Actually, not even. If off. I find somebody stalking Sylvia, I'll take them down. <laughs> <laughs> Only we get to stalk Sylvia. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Bruder Reads does not condone stalking. If, if Sylvia ever <laughs> does a book thing up in Kansas City. Oh my gosh. We will be there. Coordinating outfits. We're cosplaying. Banners. I will cosplay as the mushroom. <laughs> you cosplay. You you can cosplay as uh, I'm gonna cosplay as the other uh, mushroom. <laughs> I'm gonna cosplay as oh, what's her name? The main character, the, her vampire character. Oh, her, her uh, cyberpunk vampire that had like the best name too. Yeah. Oh, oh, I could I could uh, cosplay or the dog. as her the dog. dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I can cosplay as the neon dog. Yeah. That got all the enhancements. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what what a what a. Trail. Some, we just some, went down. Somewhere, somewhere like Sylvia's like security person is like, well, <laughs> it's getting alerts about us. Kansas City is out. <laughs> We're done. Uh, but reading other genres, I, you know, basic things, basic um, benefits. It improves your vocabulary, broader perspective. You can discover new favorite topic and then just you can get some inspiration from surprising places. Well, I think 
I think also, I mean, if you're reading and only reading, say, sword and sorcery fantasy, yeah, or say you're focused entirely and totally on like the paranormal romance genre, something comes along in real life and come comes at you out of the blue and you don't know how to deal with it. Maybe because of the lens you're looking at everything through, like it could, like mm-hmm. I feel like it could, it could hinder you sometimes. Because I mean, one of the things literature does is help us get through the day to day, right? Sometimes it's escapism, and sometimes it's like a, hey, this is like a, here's a parable, right? Or here's a folktale, or here's a parallel, or here's um, what's happening on another part of the world, or you know yeah. something that's sure. not in your day to day. So how do you incorporate other genres and other topics? I have my sort of short throw, like I generally will always be reading a fiction and a nonfiction book. Yep. That was one thing I was going to say is try to at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or have them one after the other. Um, I don't really follow up unless it's a very specific like project of getting through a series, a mm-hmm. short series. I won't follow up a fantasy with a fantasy. Yeah. Or a sci-fi with a sci-fi. Even because like <clears throat> unless and even even like if I'm rereading the expanse, I will I'll have something between. Right. So, uh that is generally kind of how I operate there. Yeah. Yeah, one of the points I had was trying to incorporate one new type of book at a time because if you make this huge drastic change like, "Oh, for the month of September, I'm only going to read war stories or whatever that i mean i don't think anyone would be able to stick to that if that's not your favorite genre and so just incorporating it out of the 10 books i'm reading this month one of them is going to be an autobiography or one is going to be a poetry something and just making a small change initially which that is and that's actually one that i was thinking about i don't i rarely venture into the biography memoir Mm -hmm. Sort of area. I'm learning a lot from our new coworker Abby because that's one of her favorite genres yes. is biographies and memoirs. Yeah, I, and- I I find not I find it quite easy to read, um, actor memoirs. Yeah, I I had those on my um, list because I like-, like there was what I can do. So like there was one day back this summer where I was wandering around the Lenexa Library. No, I was wandering around Barnes Noble, and I saw this new biography on Cary Grant. And I pulled it down, and I just I flipped to. Um, generally, because with with actors and things like that, I can I'll I'll like flip to a section where they're just where they're talking about like a movie I like. So like I flipped to the section on. North by Northwest, mm-hmm. and I read a little bit of that, and I was like, "Hold on, this book's actually pretty good." Then I went to the library, found the same book, checked it out, and I just destroyed it. Yeah. Um, but also that's a there's, like, when actors start whenever you read things about that there's things i understand coming from that art form um but but also i've tried to read like sports memoirs or biographies i don't necessarily get into those as much no those are harder for me um so and you know and then like there's that whole section of the bookstore that's like self-help and all those things I just never really go over there. I have a few authors i could suggest you to you that i really liked from self-help but that is a tough one. That's because they can be really bad or they can be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it never struck me as a, let me go see if I can find something cool in the self-help section. Right. I feel like that's more of a directed. Yeah. What do search. I need at this time? Yeah. Yeah. 
or um, like, man, this sucks that I'm going through this. Let's see if I can find some help, you know? Yeah. I mean, because it really is. It's more of an educational thing versus a pastime. Yeah. That's at that point. Yeah. Like you said, it's a pointed search. Um, one of my other points was don't be afraid to read multiple books, which we just talked about. But one of the things I do, especially if I'm initially getting into a book, is I will alternate. Like if I'm sitting down to read for an hour, I'll alternate. Okay, I'm going to read two chapters from this book, and then I'm going to read two chapters from this one. And so that way I can, if I have one I'm really into, yeah. I can use that as a like a kind of a reward to get into this other book that I know is going to take me a little bit longer to get into. Yeah. And I know that some people at home are probably like screaming because I'll have one the switch. I'll have I'll have one that'll live in the bedroom, one that'll be downstairs in mm. the living room. I think I'm gonna be that your yeah. location reading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that that kind of in that way I can, and and there are times whenever you know, I know that I'm doing, I know that I'm gonna stick with, and I'll do that. But I'll bounce back and forth, mm-hmm. but then at one point I'm just gonna commit and finish one of them, and it generally depends on which one changes location. Right. So if I take one upstairs, oh, you're staying with me for. Right, and then I'll jump back over yeah. when I'm done. Um, yeah, I don't. What I one of the things I was trying to think about, sort of in that sort of in that vein, is if you're boy, well, are you done with your bullets? I have more, but I mean, yeah. you keep going. You uh, chat what, away. Well, one of the things I was thinking about was the sort of in sort of, and not not as like a technical. Not I don't know if you call it a technical genre, but more of a practical similar to self-help books mm-hmm. or uh, education parenting, the, 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 the parts of the, the parts of the bookstore where you're going in to actually find something to give you tools. Right. Kind of a thing like that. But as far as maybe literature um, or like the fiction genres and some of maybe some of the historical things or social cultural studies, those kind mm-hmm. of books, if you're struggling to get into a genre, maybe I was like, maybe we could have like a, we could have like our little lightning round and have like gateway titles. Yeah, 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 I definitely. Because in my mind, I was like, I could prepare something, but maybe if it's something that comes right off the top of the head, it actually might be the more fun. Danny, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, then Then my only other bullet point yeah. that I think is really important that I didn't even really consider is to review the complete works of your favorite authors. Because a lot of authors, as we've learned from Sylvia, will jump into other genres. And yes. so a lot of those authors will write children's books or write poetry or write, will even write their own biography or, you know, memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, they don't normally stick to one genre. So branch out with someone you already know you like their writing style. If you, yeah, if you follow, and if you follow, if you have a favorite author who you follow more than just what they write, but you follow their interviews. And, or follow who they're following, they're following yeah, too. If you, follow, if you follow like what they themselves, their own views, find out what, you know, if an yeah. interview pops up, if some, see if an interviewer asks, what are you reading right now? Right. Read that, see what happens. Yeah. Which can be really interesting because, like, when you find out musicians that perform a certain type of music that you love might actually love a totally different type of music, right. but their exactly. job is creating right. a different thing. Right. It's what they're skilled at is that yeah. type of music. So doesn't mean they can't appreciate. Yeah. So sometimes it can be jarring to right. take, the, the, take that weird turn off. Yeah. But. Okay. Well, before we do lightning round, I want to know three genres you get stuck in a lot. And I can tell you my three. Genres that I get stuck in and stay out of, or genres that I wish I didn't get stuck in. I don't care. So genres that you know, if like Desert Island, the three genres you would have to take with you, like the ones that you have to force yourself not to read sometimes. Oh, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like I can, um, I, I can go first if that's easier. <laughs> well, you, you you do one. Okay. Uh, historical fiction. 
Oh yeah. I always get stuck in that because I like it a lot. Yeah, that's that's ninety percent. I think between yeah. eighty and ninety percent of what I what I gravitate towards. Yeah. Yeah. So there's one for you then. Yeah. And and I I also count whenever it's historical fiction with like a little bit of a fantasy tone. Yeah. Or like a little bit of sci-fi tone, like. Sure. Still, I mean, it's it, when it's you know seventy to eighty percent historical. I mean, the setting 20 is twenty to thirty percent fiction. Yeah. 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 The setting is historical. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so historical fiction. And then historical fiction oh, for yeah, you. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Uh, my second one would be thrillers or mysteries. Okay. That's a big one. I really like a good, even if they're not great. Sure. I still I like something fast and fun, and that keeps me kind of on my toes. Uh, mine would be. Probably like a narrative military history. Yeah, that's going to be in there. <laughs> and then my last one is fantasy. I like a lot of fantasy reading. Um, I don't know. Uh, what would you like? Not necessarily, not necessarily literary fiction. I mean, that's a really broad topic, yeah, but, that's, but like, I know what you're talking but about. The, um, what am I? How am I trying? Like the fact that you can find, uh, kind of quirky literary fiction. Okay. Um, like indie authors or so, sort of like the fact like I like take if you want to go classics like take sort of the the literature that was that was born out of the Jazzies and Fitzgerald okay. that turned into these kind of weird quirky corner case stories about people. Sure. That sometimes have weird things happen to them. I'm sure there's a name for that. I don't know what yeah. it would be, but. But like the fact is that I found when I first found Mexican Gothic, I found it in the in like the literature section of Barnes and Noble, yeah, not in the horror section. Right. Because to me, it doesn't read like a horror book. Uh-uh. No, it doesn't. Like it doesn't fit in the mystery. No, it's more like genre. a gothic horror, yeah. like what like um like Jane Eyre or that sure. kind of like. Yeah. It's more of a gothic setting versus. Yeah. A classic horror story. So that that. That's yeah, that sort of that literary fiction that goes against the standard genre literary fiction. Sure. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know what the name is, but no, it makes sense. Sure. Okay, let's do your rapid fire round then. Okay, so here, do we'll I? start here. I have now made several attempts and I have not been able to stick with a good old fantasy story. Oh, okay, so I'm giving you the recommendation then? Yeah. Cause I think I uh, I started. I told you I'd read the. Fr- I started up one of those V. Schwab. I started Darker Shade of Magic. Mm-hmm. The first that know, one's just okay. And I just it didn't stick. Yeah. Um, I have mm-hmm. not ever messed with Brandon Sanderson. Yeah. No, I'm not sure that you would love Brandon um, Sanderson. Um, I do like Joe Abercrombie, but he's not what I'm talking about. He's he's the he's sort of the. Oh, I was about to recommend Joe Abercrombie. No, he's because he, to me he's not. To me, he's kind of like what I was talking about in literary fiction he is the sort of he's the anti-fantasy fantasy author okay that's who i was going to recommend um <laughs> there was one i just read it's very long that's the thing and it's a little bit slow at some points but the priory of the orange tree is very character driven versus world driven which i think is part of the issue with fantasy for you is that the amount of world building mm-hmm. i think is not as important for you and so when people have like well, I very much like to uh, to to get into world building, but it needs to be driven by yeah the story. Yes, and so I think prior to the orange tree, you would like because that's what it is like. It's um very character focused, very much driven by the characters and their choices, and then the world and the magic is 
hand to that. We're gonna have to probably do that. Some- is by Samantha Shannon. Yes, thank you. I think it's one of her, one of her first ones. Potentially, it's got a lovely color cover. Yeah. Oh, I've seen this before. I've yes, seen this, it's. I've seen this in a buy this table. You know, it's a chunky boy. Um, the other one I would suggest is technically YA, but it's fantasy. Would be Six of Crows because it's a heist, and I know you like a heist. And it's really you've talked about that one before. It's, yeah, it's it's fairly low magic, and I think you would like it because it is more. And it's not just a heist. It's uh, what is that? The magnificent six, magnificent seven. Yeah, that seven trope. Samurai. Yeah, that trope of Pretty like dozen. it's these group of people that are really unique and have fun things, and uh, you know, are are super wild. <laughs> Leah Bardugo. Yes. Six of Crows. Yes. It's a series, or is it a duology? It's a duology. Yeah. Six of Crows duology box set. See? Look at her. Good good on you, Lee. Good, good on you, Lee, with your... Weird spelling? Yes, with your... Well, I've only ever seen that that spelling of Lee. There's a, I've got a whole bunch of relatives, and that's the, like a middle name that kind of runs through a little bit of my family. But... And then my last one would might be sci-fi. I don't know. Chase might have to help me. Oh, it is a show. So Shadow and Bone. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Gideon the Ninth. Do you think that, that counts as fantasy? Oh, I've bought that so I've almost bought that so many times because that cover's it's so cool. It's so good. Well, it's like, and isn't that the, isn't that the, like super freaking sad? Um, it, she's definitely her. I mean, she's struggling with depression, and yeah. she's. I mean, there, there's a lot. She has some mental health issues for sure. Um, but and it's Amston just Weir. really intense. Is that the book that's got the unconventional like typesettings and things? There's like weird pages that are look that look different. No, that's House of Leaves. So I don't think you'd like. Oh, that no, that's, one. oh no, I know House of Leaves. I thought. I thought Gideon, no, there's another thing in that, I think, near her stuff in the YA section that has like a, check this out, the yeah. page is upside down. Or we had a bad print run, so. No, know. it's not that one, no, but. Definitely not, no, I, not House of Leaves is what yeah, I Yeah, so there's like nine houses, sure. and they all send their like necromancer to the emperor, because it's it's just, it's so good. Cool. Necromancy in space, so it might be kind of sci-fi. Space Kermit's. Sci fantasy is a thing. It is. It's more. It so. really is like it's a it's a high tech world, but it's also like a fantasy world. Too. Actually, that's something I really like when it's done well. Is, yeah, is blending those things. Yeah. Okay, so there's your recommendations for fantasy. I My thought turn? that would seem easy, but for me, it really is a struggle to find some good old fantasy stories. Well, read. knowing you, I mean, I could recommend to somebody else. I would recommend maybe something different, but knowing like your yeah. taste and how you are about it, yeah, no, it's. It would be like recommending fantasy almost to my mom because she does not read fantasy yeah. hardly at all. So um, I want recommendations for spy novels. Well, you read Sparrowed. Yes, and that was amazing. And the thing is, the thing is Red Sparrow, it sets, it's one of those things that's going to set your expectations very high. Right. Um, however, the spy novels that I really like are older. I mean, the spy novels, aside from Red Sparrow and the company and those, like I will shift to stuff from the 60s, 70s, 80s that was written during and reacted reactive to the Cold War. Mm. So if you just want to have a good time, like a literal buy the mass market paperback, read it, probably throw it away. Robert Ludlum, who wrote all the Bourne stuff, wrote a... Uh, Paul Jansen is the guy's name. I think it's called the Jansen Perspective. Anyway, it's weird because he's one of those ones that writes. He wrote. He wrote all these 
these novels and you know the titles were always the character's name is in there and yeah something the 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 directive the operation the blah yes. blah um and i think so but like the born identity is a good book like, i it, it haven't actually, read that it's actually good but there's there's a few of them and then there's the so and so writing robert ludlum's jason Bourne, and mm. you find that second author because there's a ton, the jansen directive that one is cool it's very much a Mistaken identity, secret agent, lots of lots of uh, countries turning out big hardware to try to take this one guy down. That's cool. It's fun. Um, if you want to get a little more sort of understated and classy, a uh, British author named Lynn Dayton, mm-hmm. he wrote the uh, funeral. Oh, live this drink killing me. <laughs> Lynn Dayton. Lynn Dayton created a spy. It was sort of the opposite, the antithesis of James Bond. His name was Harry Palmer. Okay. Uh, Michael Caine played him, and it was it, it's the bookish spy with the thick glasses. I love him and already. And the books are, no, they're not long. Okay. Um, Berlin Game and Funeral in Berlin. Those are the two that I really recommend. Um, and then sort of the on-its-own book is called The Ipcris File. Okay. Um, and those are very much, and well, speaking of Lynn Dayton himself, he was a novelist. He wrote spy novels, cookbooks, and history books. Amazing. So, yeah. So he's he's kind of a quirky guy. Um, but like the Ipcris file, which is one I really like, it's, it's his first spy novel that he wrote in the sixties, um, and it involves like reconditioning and brainwashing. It involves cool. and, yeah. Uh, it involves like uh, spies trying to sneak into nuclear atomic tests and. The Soviet Union's first atomic bomb and all these yeah. sort of information changing hands. Okay. And then my third spot to go is actually if you really want to if you want to go and and read from the man himself, you go to John Le Carré. Okay. Um, Jean Le Carré has written some of the most famous spy novels. Um, he wrote Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy, which everyone should read. Um, a little bit more of a cerebral story um, thriller. He wrote the spy who came in from the cold. Okay, um, and that's a cool. That's cool because it's about uh, a agent that's getting in Berlin that's getting debriefed, and they're trying to determine if it's still where where his loyalties actually lie. And then Russia House, um, the Constant Gardener. Okay, he has. There's a lot. Like he's got a. He's got, and what what I like about his work is it's very dreary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, you're not going to feel great when you get done, but you can look at the thickness of the book and go, okay, I can read something. I, I'm going to go like constant gardener is a little shorter. I'm gonna, right. We'll go with that one. We'll start with Knock that sadness yeah. first. Cause oh. Russia house is long. It's yeah. really cool because it's all these diplomats in Moscow. Yeah. And it's like the, well, you're a spy now. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm a politician. I have all my work, all my studies, I, all my proficiencies are in politics. They're like, eh, you're a spy now. You know, that's cool. so um, he writes a lot about like the everyman getting put into these crazy situations. OK, cool. so there, there's three the sort of older vintage. Cold nice. War authors. Yeah. Put those on my list. Um, okay. OK, let's do one more each. Okay. Asking for a friend. What if I want to read something romantic? Oh, OK. I mean, okay. you can also say pass. No. OK. No, I can do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, because. Daughter of Dr. Merle is like, hey, there's a little, little romance story in here. It's kind of cute. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, obviously Jane Austen, but you've already read a lot of Jane Austen. Yeah, but that's good for someone out there. So, hey, right. if you haven't read Jane Austen, you know, read it. Um, I'm trying to think of a really good one that I wasn't super cringy. Um, okay, this one could technically it's kind of fantasy. There's a little bit of magic. It's that's retelling, fine. but uprooted. Um, by Naomi Novik. I really liked that one. Um, it's a telling of like there's this land owner that what was it called back in the olden times. That sounds about right. Like your the, the lord of, of the of the like seventy five acres. Yes. Um, and he's called the dragon. And like oh. every every ten years. And when you describe the book, it sounds like it's going to be something super trashy. But it, Madeline recommended it to me. It's actually it's very mild, and it was. Uh, it's really good, but he lives in a tower, and every ten years he takes a maiden to the tower. Okay, you know, and they people like the whole lore is that he's sacrificing this maiden and all of that, and it's you know obviously chaos ensues and all that. So it that one was really good. I liked that one quite a bit, and it like I said, it's not. I don't know anything cringy or weird. It's it's a good one. I like that one. Okay, so I would suggest the Night Circus as well. Oh, cool. I've yeah, that's on my list. suggested that one to you many Great. times because the whole thing is is that they're dueling magicians, but how they make... It's it's a traveling circus, and they make these displays, and so sure. when you go into the circus, there's different tents and displays you go through, and they're magical, and so they're, it's this young man and a woman dueling to be like who's going to be the next lead tent maker. I'm, I don't really remember. I like yeah. I like, I like where we're headed. And so... They end up making these displays intense for each other. And so, like, she'll go to find him. And it's in this, like, winter wonderland he's created for yeah. her. And it's that one's really good. And, like, and again, it's just. See, that's good to know because generally when I read something that's got a fantasy element to it, uh-huh. think Declaration of the Rights of Magicians, where magic and fantasy is what's going to save the world from, like, imploding on itself. Mm-hmm. This, it's, inter- it's interesting to get titles that are content subject story style that i like but it's about well and what's nice is that the fantasy and the magic is very self-contained like it's in the circus and that's it magic is not talked about in the world there's not like a rule system for magic it's not a ton of world building it's just yeah there's a couple Mm -hmm. magicians that are actually magical and you know i thought of that because there's such i feel like the 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 you could call it romantic plotline in the expanse is so like i find it so interesting yeah it's um, i mean it's really it's, good I mean, it's well written but it's one of those things where i always forget about them because that's not in really in books i read right and then i run into like you know holden and naomi's story and it's like oh yeah guys when they're when it's done well it's it's really nice and i think that's yeah. one of the unfortunate things about romance is it gets pooped on a lot but it's if it's done well, it can be really nice, and it can add to the story. And unfortunately, there was a lot of bad romances out there. Um, that's what uh, a lot of my that's romance, what Lady like Gaga said, bad romance. Uh, a lot of my Chase appreciate that. A lot of my romances built into other genres. A lot of times, I that's don't fine. necessarily that's, read that's strictly romance. Well, and that's you know, people, myself included. I mean, I read... loved Atonement. You told me you already wrote Atonement. I loved no, that. No, I, I saw Atonement. I didn't okay. Read it. The book um, I saw the movie. Um, I'll read the back of a book, and if the back synopsis um, hints at, if, it's, if it hints at more of a, if, if you can tell the back's re- trying to reach like romantic readers, mm-hmm. I might move on. 
Right. That, you know. Yes, that makes sense. Because there's definitely some wording and some silliness that happens. Sure. I should say I, I don't read romance. And then this summer I read three by the same author that was like the beach read and stuff like Like sure. it's very, you know, it was a lot of banter and silliness. Okay. Um, I liked Water for Elephants. That one is really good. I, it's been a while since I've read it, but I remember liking that one. I think I have a lot of romance on my list, weirdly enough. Because I love a good romance, but I think it's all just tied in. Okay, Priory of the Orange Tree has an excellent romantic plot line. Great. Um, that one is really, really good. <sighs> Sounds good. Yeah. Little Thieves is another one that's a retelling of the girl, I think. And that one has a really good romance because it's very much like a, she's a thief and to get through the shenanigans that's happening in this book, she has to partner with like the constable that happens to be like the assistant. So he's young and, you know, and then at the very end, that would spoil it. Never mind. But if that's a good, it's a good, that's okay. a good romance too. Right. And it's not, again, it's not over the top. So cool. Um, yeah, those are my suggestions. Great. Okay, now I have to pick one. Yeah, one more. Oh, 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 oh. Hmm. Where are you headed? Where are you headed? What what aisle are you about to walk down? Um, or I guess in the current iteration of Barnes Noble store layout, what horseshoe shape are you going to walk into? I would say graphic novels, selection. but we've already done that, and I already know. I like, I feel like I'm I'm pretty good with graphic. I got a whole now. episode. Yeah, I'm pretty good with that. Um, I was gonna say biographies, but you said you're not a big biography reader. Not really. Um. Well, narrative nonfiction. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, I like a lot of narrative nonfiction already, yeah. but I like I want to expand a little bit more to the more dry side that you read. <laughs> wow, wow! <laughs> dry has such a negative connotation there, but wow. I don't mean that negatively. I okay. just mean I like like Devil in the White. Like I like. Well, Eric I was going to say. I mean, if you're if you're narrative nonfiction, the first place you probably go is to Eric Larson Land. Uh, yeah, like that's I love just him. that's. I mean that, and that's just for everyone. Right, head that direction. Um, I like that he has diversified his topics enough that if you don't want to read about a serial killer, you don't have to read. But I always want to read about right? a serial killer, Robert. Um, <laughs> and again, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil so good. is so charming. Yeah, yeah, that one is really, really good. Did you like Dead Wake? Did you finish that one? No, I have not. I, okay. I've only read Thunderstruck and okay. Devil in White City. Okay. I have Splendid in the Vile on the Libby. Okay. Um, and I want to read in the Garden of Beasts. No, I read in the Garden of Beasts. I have not read Thunderstruck. I have them. I just haven't gotten okay. those yet. I, was I read because I read about. World War Two. Yeah, World War Two was the one I read. That's and then I then Splendid in the Vile is yeah, Splendid in the Vile is Battle of Britain. Yeah. Um, that's the Churchill one, right? Is yes. that what you said? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so if you want to go dry, dry, <laughs> um, dry. it's not long. Uh. But the Stephen Ambrose's Band of Brothers okay. is a is it was the source material for the show, um, but it is a story of a handful of men that he has talked to the families, talked to the ones that survived, and he really gets in and makes these soldiers real and makes what they go through real. Mm. So there's 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 a there's a there's a war story. 
my second war story is from, I've mentioned it in an episode at some point, it's called Helmet for My Pillow by Robert Leckie. Robert Leckie was a Marine that fought in the Pacific Theater. He went from Guadalcanal all the way up to, uh, I think he, I don't know, I think he served all the way through the end of the war, but Robert Leckie was a sports writer. And so the way he approaches the experiences that he went through has a narrative of somebody playing, like playing a game. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's, there's a lot of focus on the physical sort of turmoil. Um, it's also fun because none of his buddies have their names mentioned. Everyone has a nickname. Oh, okay. It's very personable that way. It's also a quick read. Um, but there's there's your two sides of World War II. And since that's one of, of our world conflicts, that's a very accessible one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend both of those because they are very much focused on the men doing the actual work, doing okay. the fighting. It's not a tactical story. It's not a logistical story. It's not the generals were doing this and this. That's what and, I struggle with sometimes with spy novels or historical yeah. nonfiction is like the tactical Factual, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, I want it factual and I and all that, but I, I'm not working yeah. this correctly. But it's it's the nitty gritty details that some of those can get into, where it's like yeah. I don't really well, necessarily and that's going to be your, your sort of big history stuff. If you yeah. want the narrative, you need to get to the you need to get down on the level of the of what was really making the difference. And then, well, we'll go with an honorable mention. We'll we'll drop a, a the classic, all the president's men. Okay. Almost everyone knows about, at least they know the word Watergate means something. Mm-hmm. And it's a very interesting story. And it it was such a, it changed so much in how data is recorded and given back out to the public. It's a big, I mean, it was such a big deal. And it you have to keep track of a lot of names. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to jump over. My last honorable mention is going to be... Uh, yeah, okay, we're going to go super depressing. Great. And we're going to go Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee by D. Brown. If you ever wanted to know what it was like to be on the other side of Manifest Destiny and American colonial expansion, it hurts. But it's a very, this story Important. is tragic, but it's, 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 it's also like, it's, it's a hard book to read, but it's also kind of an easy book to read. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Hard to digest. Um, But it opens your eyes and it pushes and I think that would be a good nonfiction that could push you into a cultural study sort of interest. Cause I was thinking I was like, um, Killers of the Flower Moon is really good. But I think if you had read Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee and found out how the displacement was just wrecked in these uh nations and then you jump over to Killers of the Flower Moon and you see what happened with the oil boom and then you see it taken away again. Yeah, but uh, that's a, I don't know, I think that's a, I consider that a classic that should be, I kind of think that should be required reading even, Um, but those would be, those would be my three, if I was, if we were walking through Barnes and Noble and I was like, read this, this, and this. Yeah. So there's, there's two, Blood, Guts, and Glory, World War Twos, and then one, just, it hurts, but it's, happens. It's a, it tempers. Yeah. So, yeah. That's. Maybe we could take this one to the blog. And do like a. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, we and, pick a couple and, genres and we yeah. give our, like you said, the starter we, ones. We haven't there. we haven't done reading lists in a while. No, I think you're yeah. up to do a reading list anyway. So I'll tag you in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all all right. right. 
Well, let us know what genres you're stuck in and what genres yeah. you want to approach, and maybe we'll give you yeah. some suggestions. Or even give us a, hey, if someone was trying to get into this genre, tell them to read this. Right. Oh, I love yeah. that. We love suggestions. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Follow us on all the things. I think that we have an outro that already yes. says this. Yes. This is okay. Redundant. Cut that. Oh, thanks for listening. Hold on. Hold oh. on. Hold on. Live. We love you. <laughs> Isn't Chase cute? Live, laugh, love. Oh, he's so Every cute. episode. He's I, so I, cute. And I, I thought of about 10 minutes ago. I went, oh, I need to mention this. I don't know. I think he cuts it. I don't remember hearing it in the last episode. He has All like right. my words of affirmation. We need to go. We need to go in and it's time for the unreleased Spirited <laughs> Reads tapes. This has been Spirited Reads. We thank you for joining us. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, keep track of the podcast and join the conversation at spiritedreads.com by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and by joining our Goodreads page by searching Spirited Reads Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, we're on Patreon. Keep reading, and we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.